everybody, welcome back to Autism Confidential, the podcast from the National Council on Severe Autism. I'm Jill Escher. I'm the president of NCSA. Very glad to be back on the podcast today. Um, we will be talking about one of my very, very, very favorite topics in all of autism. I can't believe here we are. We're almost at 50 episodes and I still haven't addressed this topic. <laughs> which I love so much. I think, uh, you know, when, uh, Tom and I did a little bit of guitar playing together, that's as close as we got to this, to this topic today, we're going to talk about musical talent, um, among our friends with, um, severe and profound autism. Um, I have, uh, a, several friends and I know we have some mutual friends. I'm saying to my guest, um, uh, who have, you know, pretty disabling autism, you know, minimally verbal, um, you know, really need a lot of help with daily living skills, but have extraordinary musical talent. I'm a huge fan of many of them. Um, and I'm a groupie. Actually, I go to like all their shows that I possibly can. So is my daughter, Sophie. Um, and I'm in awe of them. And today we're going to be talking to the mother of one of these musical musical savants. And I should, and, and the word savant, well, let's talk about the word savant later. Um, because you know, they say savantism is very rare. I'm like, no, because in my experience, not so rare when it comes to music. I've been shocked to see how many of our friends have this potential. Um, and sometimes we don't even know about it. Um, so, okay. <laughs> my guest, who is my guest today? And why am I blabbing about this? My guest today is Rose, Roseanne Caton Walden. She's the mother of Adam Mandela Walden, who is a young man who is a cello savant and has you know, a significant form of autism. Um, hello, Roseanne. Hi. So glad to be talking to you today about, about such a wonderful topic. And, you know, we've had a long series of very, very serious episodes. Um, not that this isn't a serious topic, it of course is, but a lot of episodes about very heavy topics. And so it's sort of nice to talk about something that's much more positive, um, you know, for a change. And um, uh, what I'm talking to Roseanne, who's currently uh, in Boston because her son, Adam, is a student at the Berkeley College of Music. And if you people know anything about musical education, you know, it's a very prestigious, you know, school of music, um, that mints a lot of professional musicians. Um, you know, it, people who, you know, who are jazz musicians, rock musicians, classical musicians, a lot of them have gone to Berkeley, maybe fewer classical, but, you know, um, really a, an amazing school. I've known some people who've gone there with just insane talent. Now I don't usually do long introductions, as you know, on this podcast, I usually just hop right to it. I have to read a little bit of Adam's bio to let you guys understand right, what who he is and what Roseanne will be talking about. Okay, so pardon me before I get to Roseanne. Adam Mandela Walden was born in Los Angeles, California, where I was born. When he was 18 months old, he stopped talking, and by the age of three, he was diagnosed with moderate to severe autism and epilepsy. At the age of two, he taught himself to play the harmonica, 
and without any usable language was able to sing opera phonetically. And that means he's probably singing in Italian or German, <laughs> which is amazing. He seemed to have an easier time understanding what was said to him if it was sung. So interesting. At age six, his Special Olympics coach started to teach him the violin. That in itself is super interesting. Adam was so excited to learn that he kept running around the room during the lesson. So we sat him in a chair, put a little cello between his legs, and Adam fell in love. Soon after, he was diagnosed as having savant syndrome by Dr. Oliver Sacks and Dr. Daryl Treffert. Okay, I could go on. I'm not going to go through this whole thing. It is amazing. And, and it tells about all of his achievements he's had over the years in music and how he went to um, a school in LA for performing arts um, and played in the orchestra. And he's played in many um, festivals. He's studied with you know famous people. He's played at the Hollywood Bowl. I mean, he is amazing. So hello, Roseanne. <laughs> Sorry for the long Hi. introduction. Um, so glad to be talking to you. I have so many questions. I hardly know, know where to start, but you know, you, you're from, we, we talked a little bit before we started recording your mom, you're, you're from New York city. You don't have a background in music, right? I, I, I want to know what were you thinking when you saw him playing harmonica, when you saw him singing opera phonetically? You know, when he was able at a young age to play violin, what were you thinking? What was going through your head? Well, um, I'm not a musician and I'm uh, notoriously bad at that. <laughs> However, I was in the performing arts and so I knew musicians. And um, I remember we were all in a Chinese restaurant and Adam was in a high chair and he had gotten a, a harmonica. And while we were all talking, Adam pulled out his harmonica and started playing the blues. And everyone just kind of like stopped. <laughs> and we're like, okay. And he just put it down and then, you know, started eating his food again. And um, it's, it's very, very interesting because, oops, excuse me, Adam's doing his echolalia. I don't, hoping you Hi, can't Adam. hear him. I, I can't, Adam. I can hear him. It's okay. okay, Adam. Adam, no echolalia. Okay, okay. He's he's doing a script from something. I'm not sure what. Oh well, autism's allowed on this podcast, so it's fine. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. But uh, but um, the, what the first thing I did was um, I got him a, a a record player from like Goodwill, and all the records I could find. And I just mm. gave it to him and wow. he would like do, he would just like play. And it was funny that it, after a while he, we realized he really loved classical stuff, but he also loved Pete Seeger. He adored Pete Seeger records. And I remember once I was walking by his room and Pete Seeger has an old song about unions. That's kind of like a rap that he did like yeah. in the thirties. And mm. I could hear Adam saying that. And I thought if he can do that, he might be able to speak one day. Mm. But cause it was done with the background of the music yeah. and all of that. And so it's, so basically we just did one step at a time. And um, I went to lots of pawn shops and bought, you know, kind of sad instruments, really cheap. And I'd bring them home and Adam would like play with them 
And within, you know, like an hour or so, he was making music, some kind of music out of them. He would figure out how to make the music from it. Amazing. And it's, it's really, because for me, I kind of see the way that Adam learns and approaches music is the way that my daughter learned and approached language. Hmm. You know, like first you do babbling and that whole thing. Yeah. And, and Adam never did any of that with language. But, but he, he was imitating does, music. He found But he's kind of babbling with the instruments hmm. that I gave him. Hmm. It was I mean, it was very, very, very interesting to me. And when we had this wonderful um, 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 Special Olympics coach, and she said, Adam's very musical. She said, I play the violin. I'd like to teach him. We got him a little violin. But um, Adam would do a victory lap every time he plucked something. <laughs> and so he said, okay, well, how can we fix this? And I saw in a pawn shop a little cello. And so I bought the little cello from the pawn shop and brought it home. And um, I think I sent you a picture. That was the first day that Adam got his cello. He's sitting with the woman who is, who literally, you know, started him on the journey. Wow. That's yeah. just, what a story. You know, um, you sometimes hear of these, these people. And again, I, I know several of them who teach themselves, at least initially, you know, teach themselves music. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who plays guitar very well. He doesn't read a note mm -hmm. of music. He's never taken a guitar lesson, but he'll, he can pick up his guitar and he, and I have actually have two friends who play guitar mm -hmm. just like this. They're very significantly autistic, but they can find the notes and they'll put together a song and sometimes like I was sitting with a friend of mine he's a young man with autism he's so sweet and he was sitting there playing Stairway to Heaven I mean this is not <laughs> an easy song right and he had pieced it together and, I'm not, and I know the song myself because I play a little guitar and he wasn't playing it the way Jimmy Page plays it but mm -hmm. it still sounded amazing right because he he learned by ear um so I'm curious, did he have, does Adam have perfect pitch? Is he? Yeah. These guys? In fact, if you Google um, autism and perfect pitch, one of the article com that comes up has Adam's face in it on the article. Oh, really? Okay. They did, yeah. One of the things that I have done with Adam is that whenever there are um, non-invasive studies, I always put him into the study mm -hmm. because I find that I learn a lot more from the from the process of him being in a study and from the researchers that are studying him than I do from his doctors who are the best doctors I can find. But I seemed I get more insight as to how I can guide him in certain ways. Like um, Adam was in the um, in the mirror neuron study that was done mm. at UC San Diego with Fias Chandran. Yeah. And um, uh, and what I learned from that, because I knew they told me that his mirror neurons only work 50 percent of the time and everyone else's mirror neurons work when you watch somebody do something. And they also work when you the same ones light up when you try to do that. If you ever try to do that in your life. OK, his only light up when he tries to do it. So I could think, oh, that means that we've all had millions of dress rehearsals in our brain that Adam doesn't have access to. 
Interesting. Yeah. And so one of the things, I don't know if you've seen that photograph, you can see Adam, instead of sitting opposite the, the young lady that's teaching him, he's sitting next to her because Adam really can't learn from her when he's sitting opposite her. He can't look at what she's doing that way. But if he's sitting next to her, he can do it. He can't flip it over the way that we do. Like if, if we were having, if you're having a guitar lesson and your guitar teacher is opposite you and doing this yeah. and you're trying to follow him at this point, Adam still can't do that. But oh, if he's I sitting see. next yeah. to mm -hmm. the teacher, he can, you know, he can do that. So those are the kinds of things that you kind of find out that I've mm -hmm. learned from the mirror neuron thing is that there's something, Adam, there's something about the way Adam is receiving information that wow. makes it difficult for him. So in his training, like obviously you cultivated this talent that you detected very early, you know, obviously, and he went to a special school. And well, he cultivated it himself. I mean, I, we didn't have a choice. <laughs> and it, literally, yeah. Adam yeah. like played all day. There was music on all day. Um, if you turned on the on the radio, he would just stop and stance. He was a whirlwind because mm. he had ADD. And so he was like all over the place. But if you turn the radio on, he just like stop and listen. And uh, and, you know, it I mean, it was I mean, the kind of things we found out, like we found out totally by accident. He could read music. I was going to I was just about to ask you that. So he can read. Reading. Oh, yeah. yeah. But we found out totally by accident. I mm. had gotten him into a summer program in Philadelphia. Right. And they said, oh, we have a lot of kids that are Suzuki. So he doesn't have to learn be able to read. So I go, oh, mm. fine. OK, so we go there. Of course, he's the only autistic kid, but he's in a class with these other like eight year olds. And they're like they're like virtuoso, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, this is going to be a mess. And Adam, like he pushed his glasses up and he looked at it and he started playing the part. And what he needed, what we had to do then is go to his speech teacher and we had to teach him what the names of the notes were. He could okay. see the pattern. He, on saw, the he could see the pattern. He intuited that pattern. And he right, was able, but, and he knew where it was on because he because he in because he he's so imprinted with where everything is on the on the neck of the cello mm -hmm. that he was able to look at it and he could play and that's when we found out he could that he could read music and so then what we did is we really started to to in his um, speech classes we did a lot of speech classes about. A, a, you know, A flat, you know, B, B flat, that, because he, that he needed to learn. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But yeah. And the other thing that's kind of strange is that Adam's expressive language, his articulation is excellent. His receptive language is practically nil. He is hmm. guessing at everything we say to him, which is, you know, when he was little, it was really, we used to sing to him all the time. And it, and it was funny because um, my husband said, oh, this is like, like, you know, like um, Mighty Mouse. The Mighty Mouse cartoon was always a little opera. <laughs> and that was what in our house we when we when we would talk to him, we would sing. And it's time to put on your pajamas. Oh, I, my favorite story <laughs> is I came I got him into an into a, a mixed preschool. 
that had uh, that had a special ed teacher working with a typical teacher, right? Mm-hmm. And so I got him in there. And one day I came to pick him up and everyone was waiting for me and they with big smiles on their faces. So I thought, you know, you know, what happened? They said, well, you know how Adam hates to take naps. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They said, well, we were carrying him to the cot and he started singing, we shall overcome. Oh, good. <laughs> and I was like, how did he know it was a protest song? <laughs> and I tell you, he loved Pete Seeger. And so... You know, there's this, I, I, it's like everything that has to do with music finds the place where it belongs in his brain mm-hmm. in a way that other things that in our brain we finds a place to go doesn't happen for him. Well, let me ask you, does he understand music theory? Like yes. When- well, this is, we, well, we, we never know what he can do. So when we got to to um, Berkeley, it's like, oh, music theory. I had no idea. Who's gonna be able to, I didn't know if he's going to last a week at, at Berkeley, you know. So we're, we're going. And at first, it, I have to tell you, it was really bumpy at first. It was, And there was like even a teacher that like went on a campaign to get him kicked out of the school. And this is with Adam having the best behavior I have ever seen. His behavior was ex, you know, which was something I had been worried about. But he was so happy to be there, and so kicked, um, kicked out of school because of his behaviors. Well, well this, this is one, and he, this teacher told a lot of lies. But it turned out he had done it with other students, and he just like did not like the idea of Adam being in the school. Between you and me, I think he was a little spectrumy to begin with, and I think it kind of, you know, pressed a couple of buttons in him. But what happened, I, uh, a lot of the teachers by then were invested. This is early on. They were like, I see this, something going on in this kid. So we had this big meeting and one of the teachers said, I know Adam's problem. He knows all the correct answers. He doesn't understand the question. Mm-hmm. So that was like mm-hmm. this big bell went off. Was, That's what we need to do. We need every single, the first step of every single lesson should be for for us to make sure that Adam understands the question, which means whoever's helping him or me before, during, or after class, because we tape the lectures, if, if, if he doesn't understand a question, we'll rephrase it 10 different ways. We'll draw a picture of it. We'll do whatever. Because once he understands what the question is, he knows what the answer is. Okay. So, oh, sorry. Um, um, yeah, so if they're saying like, "What's the relative minor?" Like, oh, yeah, oh that. yeah, 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 no problem. Now, no mm-hmm. problem at all. Now, I mean, um, and it, what happens that? But the thing that I don't understand is that he can all we see all of this learning that is in a a, a fashion as if it were typical person learning, but it's only in this narrow music field. Hmm. Okay. It literally does not only generalize. It doesn't trans generalize to um, learning how to just okay. Real no. Mm -hmm. It literally that that part of his brain is on fire. (laughs) That part of his brain it's like a highway. It's kind of you know like I was like I talk to people. I'm trying to explain it. I said you know like sometimes they have these lobsters and they have like one little claw and this one gigantic claw. 
in the front front claw. I said, that's a little bit like Adam with his music. And mm, it doesn't, yeah. I don't know how to make it transfer. And it it doesn't. I, I'm ho I think there might be a little tiny bit of generalization that goes on. But it's really, I think it that only happens if at some point something happens that has to do with music that allows his brain to, you know, move that into another area. But um, now he's got such a basis in, for instance, music theory. He's, he's taken music theory one, two, three, and passed it. He took, sometimes he has to take it twice because we have to, he really can't, it's just too much, it's too much um, figuring out what the question is for us. But he, how does he articulate his answers? Is he, he just answers it. Is he, uses words or well it depends he it, it depends if it's an essay he has to type and if it's a uh, he he types and he can do that he can okay. type he can okay. type okay. and then he reads it that's what he likes he likes okay. he doesn't like the voice on the um communication machines mm -hmm. okay for some mm -hmm. reason that bothers him so he, and he does essays. I mean, and I'll look through it and I'll say, Adam, you need a verb in this sentence, or you, we 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 need at least seven words in each sentence, and we'll literally count out the words, and he'll do it. And it's it takes a long time, but he doesn't know that it takes other people less time to do it. And so one of the things that Berkeley has been wonderful about is that he is classified as a full-time student taking only seven credits a semester. Okay, so he's he's taking a slow road at Berkeley then. He's taking a <laughs> slow road, but yeah. he's taking it in, he's taking, and, and because we had that problem with one teacher early on, well, the process we use is that, what if Adam, to say, needs to learn counterpoint, you know, or, mm -hmm. um, or um, let's say well, like conducting. What happens is they go to the chair and the chair puts out a, a, a letter, an email to all of the people who teach that and says, who wants to teach the profoundly autistic student? There's always one or two teachers that want to do it. And when they say they want to do it, and the one thing I tell them, I say, you can't make any mistakes. There are no experts. You will be the expert. Right. You know, and so it's a highly adapted curriculum for him. And not highly, the curriculum, the way it the is way administered. He, okay. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. The curriculum is the same, mm. but the way it is administered is different. Okay. And for instance, we use in Massachusetts, we use something called the Echo Pen. And the Echo Pen, you can click it because Adam always has to have somebody with him because he's a big eloper. That's another one. Adam, Adam, Adam can disappear like nobody's business. I mean, I literally have a poster of of Houdini on our door right now. Literally. <laughs> I, I yes, I, I know uh, our Houdinis here in the Bay Area, uh, more than a yeah. few of them. Yeah. Yeah. And so he always has someone with him. And so what what we do is when um, the teacher's having a lecture, we press the the echo pen, the echo pen, you can either print it out and then Adam cannot silent read, but he can read out loud. I don't know why no one can explain to me why he can't silent read, but he can read out loud. 
It's <laughs> okay. It's and I think it has something to do with the fact that he his receptive language is so poor. Okay. You know this. You know there's all this. This. I mean, it's really uh, the savant skill is really a splinter. It's really a splinter skill. Mm-hmm. It real and there's a little bit of crossover, but not that much. So what happens? We get that. We bring it home. We print it out. He reads it out loud. We highlight. We had. He has a book with um, definitions. He writes out the definitions, and so he's working from. 8.30 in the morning to 10 o'clock at night, every night, even on the weekends, he's wow. working on this. And that's to do seven credits. But wow. it takes him that long to do it. But the thing is, he doesn't know it takes the other people less amount of time. It mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, that's just what it takes. So and how actually, long will he, will he spend at Berkeley overall? How many years? Yeah, well, all I have to tell you is that I am so grateful. Berkeley has been so amazing for him. And it's the teachers are so, ex, the professors are so excited mm-hmm. about him that, you know, he's on full scholarship, which, you know, oh, Berkeley is like 50 grand a year. I believe it. Yeah. And uh, as long as, you know, and uh, he and his one of his professors, they collaborated on a symphonic piece based on The Reason I Jump, the book, Mm. you know, that book. And we got the rights to it. We got we got the rights to adapt it into something musical. Yeah. And it's if you go online, if you look up Adam Mandela Walden. Mm-hmm. You will see some excerpts from it because Adam was chosen to be on From the Top, which is like a very sort of prestigious classical introduction for young classical musicians. And Adam was the first person from Berkeley to get on that show that's been around for 60 years. So did he compose? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a little confused. Did he compose the music? Yeah, he composed, he composed the music and he and his teacher... They comp- they work together. And when and when he composed it, he, he composed it on the cello. He played. He started he piano. Well, he started taking piano. Okay. At Berkeley, and so he takes piano lessons, and so he knows. You know, he takes chords that he takes counterpoint. Yeah, you know, he has. He's he's had composition one and two that he's taken. Mm. And uh, he is his he and his teacher they work together like any other collaborator, and his teacher helps with the orchestrations. Okay. And so and and so it, it's you know it's a slow process, but he can do it. One of the things that Adam likes to do when he's composing, especially for this, mm-hmm. he uses something called a looper, and a looper can turns uh uh. Uh, instrument like the cello Mm -hmm. into an ensemble because you have five tracks. Okay. And so he, and then he'll compose the five different tracks. Then he'll go on to finale and which is a a notation. Mm -hmm. And literally he can notate it. He can, he can do that. Good for him. And he learned, he learned that at Berkeley. Wow. And That's like incredible. I said, every time I didn't know, I mean, I, I'm thrilled that he can do it, but I did not know that he could do it. Yeah, I, that's, that's absolutely know? amazing that, that he we, can do that. And then have the understanding of other instruments. 
because yeah. well, I only knew about his cello skills, but he's uh -huh. been able um, yeah. and the, the ensemble. Well, the thing is that the piano, I mean, he, he could have been, this all could have been on the piano. And one of the reasons why I'm kind of glad that we kept it in this stringed instrument is that it allowed him to, it allowed us to sort of talk from elementary school through high school, the school orchestras into making sure he was in the orchestra. Because with a piano, you can't do that. And then in terms of people that want to study him, because the piano, it's in tune, if the piano's in tune. Mm -hmm. The fact that Adam is playing an instrument that you can really hear the fact that he has perfect pitch because it's an instrument that you, you have to play in tune. He's the person that's playing in tune. Right. And it's, well, and so, as we yeah. know, I mean, you know, the cello, like the violin, there are no frets. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like on the guitar, you have to have the placement, you know, just right yeah. to get the right pitch. You know, and it's, it's uh, funny because Adam, even when he was really tiny, he was mm -hmm. fearless. Mm -hmm. He was fearless. We would go to clubs and he'd have his cello and they'd say, does he want to come up and play with us? And Adam would like run up with his cello and you'd see him tuning it. And like he was just like, wow. and he'd like make up, you know, like he'd make up all of the fingering, you know, and like, you know, his cello teacher would be like, oh, I can't look. But it would sound good. <laughs> <laughs> you know. um, so I, I, I'd ask you a little bit of a challenging question here. And this uh -huh. is, I would say, I've never met your son. I've seen a little bit on YouTube. I would love to hear more of his music. Hopefully what we'll do is I will have the producer, you know, splice in some of his music, right? So maybe in the That'd beginning be or- That would be great. So people could, can hear a little bit. If you um, just Google his name, Adam Mandela Walden, a lot of okay. stuff will come up. Okay, good, good. We will we will steal a little bit of that to include. Um, but a, a question that came up, I remember, with respect to not your son, but with a, to another autistic savant musician, mm -hmm. it had to do not so much with technical prowess, but more about the emotional depth you know given in performance, mm -hmm. um, the emotional interpretation of a piece. Mm -hmm. Does that come up in his training? That um, uh, that he that 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 his performance is you know, one dimensional or lacks character that may be seen in a performer without autism. Do you ever see anything like that? I think that because it's a cello, one thing is that there's a very big difference. Adam has a very hard time doing a performance in a lesson with his teacher. And, you know, like, and it will, it, his teachers now know that you're not going to get a performance level when we're working on it. But the minute he gets on stage, every mm -hmm. single note that he was given by the teacher over mm -hmm. the period of learning that piece is boom, there. And there's something about the music, the, let's say, there's something about the better the music is that he's playing, the more the emotion is there. I mean, he plays Schindler's List, he plays the prayer, he plays, you know, blocks of player, he plays, he, he, um, he really has, 
at sometimes um, he'll play a koinadre at two mm-hmm. different temples the same night. He'll just go wow. from one to another, and it is there. Hmm. And it's almost it's it's his brain. It his brain knows to take that to the emotion part, whereas generally Adam has a really flat affect. Oh, interesting. Um, it's very. Huh? Is he? Would you, do you want to introduce him? Is he? Is Adam, he available? Adam, can you come here? Well, let, let me see if I can. So drag at least him. those of you who are watching yeah, okay. this on YouTube, you can see Adam. Adam, Adam. <laughs> Pardon Adam. this little break in our podcast Adam. while we search Hello. for our cellist. Hello to the lady. Oh, cellist, the- say hi. <laughs> I think on another episode, I would love to have Here some of our friends. Roseanne and I have mutual friends. Okay. Um, who um, have have uh, children here. or great musicians? Yeah, I'm going to move over here. Why don't you come sit down there? And there he is, Adam. Yeah, Adam, don't touch anything. Let, let me... Don't touch anything, Adam. Please don't, Adam. Don't touch. Thank you. Okay. Hi, Adam. I'm Jill. It's nice to meet you. So nice to meet you. Um, I'm so excited uh, to to hear about you and and to watch you play cello. Um, I got to watch you on YouTube a little bit. It's really amazing. It was great to talk to your mom about your background and all that you're achieving here at Berkeley. Yeah. 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 You really, uh, you really liking playing at Berkeley? Yes. Yeah. Okay. What are you working on now, Adam? I'm working on practicing my cello. Oh. Yeah, but what? Project? Are you Mr. Friesen? Yeah. What is it? What is it? no? But the new what, pits. I know, but what? What is a big project? That's one of the exercises. But what's the project that you're working on? What did What did you work on in your last class with Professor? Oh, seminar. No, the. <laughs> uh, oh, conducting. Not, conducting. No, not conducting. What did you work on? In with Professor Friesen, that's the next movement of the next movement of, of of what? The reason I jump. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. And that you know, I as you know, the book is 54 questions and answers. So this could be Adam's life's work. I could be doing I could 54. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Adam, are you gonna say go by or you want to say anything else? I'm okay. 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 Bye, Adam. Yay. Yeah. So are you, who is with him when he's in class? You, you mentioned to me how, you know, yeah. he's an eloper. He, you yeah. know. Someone who was wonderful, actually, through Easter Seals. Because um, what happened was I found out totally by accident that um, the regional centers in Los Angeles had a program which they had created for what I guess used to be called high functioning autism, when mm-hmm. those kids go to college, that that they would uh, provide some support for those kids. They never expected somebody like Adam to get to mm-hmm. college. And so we found out about this program and you had to bring the state to your last two IEP meetings before graduation. Okay. So we of the state, they saw that, and then he got into college, and then we said, "Look, we fulfilled everything. 
you have to provide the same level of support that he had in high school. And none of the kids that they had ever done this program before had ever had an aide. And so we got 35 hours a week for- In, in Boston though. In Boston. At okay. first they said no. But then what happened is we were we were able to prove that this was a college that had accepted him. And then, you know, the whole thing is that if he had had a disciplinary problem and he needed, you know, money to go to a school for discipline, it would have been a lot more than they were providing. Mm -hmm. And we found out that Easter Seals was getting ready to do something called the College Navigator Program that was supposedly two years in the distance. And we came in with, I think it was, I think the state paid them a hundred grand. So that, and they started the program right away. And we were able to get someone for 35 hours a week. Got we, it. Okay. Is it somebody who's versed in music? I'm curious, or just somebody who's there just to deal with. Choreographer, but he was not versed in music. Okay. Uh, and so, and so we did that. And so what, but you know, Adam needs a lot more hours than 35 hours. So they would do the class stuff. Then I would sit with him and we would, um, go over the lectures, you know, cause we had, would download the lectures and go through that and the homework. And so between the two of us, we got it done. Something wonderful happened though, in Massachusetts last year, the outgoing governor, um, did an executive order saying that every college or university that had a brick and mortar building in the state I of Massachusetts yeah. had to have a program for autistic students. And so his, the guy that was working with him got offered like for three times the amount of money at Harvard to train helpers for mm -hmm. their math program because almost all of their math they're high math students. Uh, some like two thirds are on the spectrum. And <laughs> oh my gosh! And I said, "Well, what are they like?" He said, "Well, there's a lot of selective mutism. There's a lot, you know, like there's a lot of that stuff going on." And so he's training people, you know, for them. And but right now, no one, you know, that you know, like there's a dearth of of people to to work. Mm -hmm. Hours. Yes, we know. <laughs> so now in in Massachusetts, it's even less. And so I've been doing this. But fortunately, um, Adam is like in such a routine now that it's a lot better than it would have been had this happened the first year. Well, let me we're, we're running out of time. So I, I want to end on, on two more questions, if you don't mind. So. Yeah, I think there are probably a lot of people listening to this and they're like, well, you know, that's really great. You know, there are a couple people who can you know, pick up a guitar or who can sit down at the piano and they can learn, you know, despite their autism. But, you know, my kid has zero musical talent. Um, what do you say to those people? I mean, do you do you have any uh, advice, any encouraging advice for people who might have a kid who might be another Adam, you know? Or like our friend Chi Ling, you know, might be another Chi Ling. And I think that there is a lot more savants out there. 
And I think that a lot of it has to do with what we appreciate as a gift. For instance, there's, you know, there's the twins who can tell you what color tie Barb Barker <laughs> wore on. These, okay. They're both autistic and they can tell you what color tie he wore in every single episode of The Price is Right. I didn't know that. Wow. And, you know, and it's a savant skill, you know? Mm -hmm. People And I think that we only recognize savant skills that we see as automatically as gifts, but that doesn't mean that it's not a savant skill. And it doesn't mean that we can't use that skill as a vehicle to teach literacy, as a vehicle to, to you know, to, to, to teach about what's going on in the world. You know that we can do that. There was a, we. Um, there's a boy that we knew that um, drove his parents crazy because he would take yarn and we'd string it back and forth across the living room, like, mm -hmm. like it was, you know, and you couldn't walk in the living room because the yarn was like. I mean, it was like uh, you couldn't get it. However, he was making fractals. That means, oh, maybe what we need to do, we know that autistic people love patterns. We have to, let's start teaching, let's start, that might be the way to teach him math, is to look, look at it through the prism of patterns. I think one of the things that I think is really important is that we've been doing a lot of work into seeing how we can make our kids more normal or stuff like that. Whereas the, the when we, the educational system is so uniquely attuned to what used to be the, known as the typical brain. But the way that we teach came after years and years of learning and adapting and, and changing and saying, this will work better than that, this will work better than that. Whereas with autistic people's brains, no one has done that groundwork. For mm. instance, in Los Angeles, there's no curriculum in any of the special ed, special day classes. In Massachusetts, where I live now, one of the special ed teachers lives in my building and they have a curriculum in every class. In you say curriculum. There's no curriculum. No curriculum, period. Period. No, they, they go to the classroom and if there's a great teacher, they're, they're learning this, this and that. If there's not a great teacher, they're not. Sometimes they're just like staring at the walls. I mean, it, there, there is no attempt at a curriculum. Yeah, I've I, think, I think if I can interrupt for a second, um, there has to be intentionality. I think there are some people, you hear these stories, you know, the, the kid picks up a guitar that was in the closet and starts playing, right? For most of the stories I hear, there is intentionality behind introducing the child to the instrument, introducing the child to the music. You know, they have to be in some sort of class. They have to. Except for one thing. It's the child that we have learned to recognize that this child loves music and that this is a possibility. But yeah. very often with other children that are autistic, especially profoundly autistic, we don't necessarily see the savant skill within the obsession that that child has. Like if this obsession is, is putting yawn across the room, we don't necessarily see that as fractals. Okay, well, that would take some insight, I would have to admit. <laughs> the insight I wouldn't have. Let me get to my last question, though, um, which is, what do you see happening from here, right? Like, he's in school, 
he will graduate. He will graduate considerably more skilled than when he entered, but obviously still extremely dependent. Do you see him becoming a professional musician that kind of, you know, gets different gigs? Do you see him doing something in particular? This is my dream. My dream is a group home Mm -hmm. for musicians with profound autism. And the group home will be structured with classes, with rehearsals, with we can ask people to write pieces for them. And they can make a living playing the lucrative senior citizen, (laughs) you know, home scene. Mm -hmm. They can play hospitals. They can play hospice. They can play, you know what I'm saying? But as the, the home will be structured around, because Adam loves structure. Adam mm-hmm. would sit in a corner and never get up. He, right. it, it would occur to him to get up. Right. Whenever, he needs to have this and then this and then this. Yeah. Exactly. And so if we have six adults uh, with, with autism who play different instruments, it's an ensemble. Yeah. It's an ensemble. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I absolutely love, 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 love that idea. And I'm going to send my daughter to live there as well because she'll be the dancer. Oh, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> or, or the groupie because all she wants to do all day is listen to music. She can't play anything. Oh, I to other people. And like I have a friend whose daughter is autistic and she's an actress. I said, what a great group home if there was a, like a little theater company. That's a group home. I love it. No, I like, love it. The performing arts, aut- autism performing arts group home. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. And so that's my, you know, we actually went and looked at Rostopovich's old house, which is, which is empty. <laughs> it's a very weird house and on 10 acres and only being sold for $345,000. Where is so, that? It- well, it's on top of, I think he was a little paranoid about the KGB. It's on top of like a, like a mountain in New York state. Oh, interesting. It's like you have to like drive up a couple of miles up the mountain mm-hmm. and it, there's like a safe room in it. And it has those weird Russian bathrooms where they have like two toilets in every stall. And one is not a bidet. It's just that it had, it, that's something that happened during the, the Soviet Union. That's how they built bathrooms. But, and so we went to see it. It was fantastic. It's off the grid, but that's not as bad now that there's like solar and there's, you know, you can put a windmill up there. Well, and- keep us in the loop on your dream because <laughs> I, I love that idea so much. And, um, and I really want to continue, you know, conversation, you know, on, on this podcast or elsewhere with NCSA about this topic, because um, I think it's a little underappreciated. Um, we have a lot of people in our community who really are experiencing tremendous hardship with, with their children there and their children really don't have any of these splinter skills. Um, but then there's this other sector where really, you know, I see it quite a bit and it's, um, and, and I'd love to be able to um, encourage, you know, more discovery, you know, in this realm. I really do. And, and more opportunities. Yeah, one um, of the things is that uh, if we hadn't recognized Adam's splinter skill, mm-hmm. you know, it, 
you know, his splinters, there's something about his splinter skill that helps him with behavior. It helps him with self-injury, you know, all of that has, and he, they, what we do know because he's been in several studies is that his uh, focal seizures disappear when he's playing. Wow. And that's a really interesting point. In fact, last night we just had a webinar all about uh, treatment of severe behaviors um, with Dr. Arthur Westover. An excellent webinar. If anybody's listening to this, go on our website, ncsautism.org. Um, check out this, this webinar. And um, yes, yeah, one thing we didn't, it was a med, it was a medical lecture. It wasn't about, you know, behavioral or, or kind of environmental, you know, treatment, but um, it's a really good point. Like if their brain is calm and happy and focused, they're much less likely to engage in this sort of anxiety related, frustration related behaviors. It's a really good point. We're out of time. I have another meeting. I have to go because uh, I could talk to you all day, Roseanne. I mean, come on. Uh, as I said, my very favorite topic in the world, but I'm so, 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 so glad that we got to do this. And I hope that we can um, continue the musical conversation, um, you know, ne next year, or maybe we could have a private concert, a little online concert or something. We do go back in the summer to Los Angeles. And so, you know, maybe we can oh, do- Oh, I'll meet you down there. Yeah, yeah, you know, my family's in, still in LA, even though I'm yeah. in the Bay Area. I'd love that. Great. We have a date. Okay. <laughs> I'll okay. see you in person then. Thanks for tuning in to Autism Confidential. If you'd like to learn more, share an idea for an episode, or become a sponsor, please visit us at autismconfidential.org. The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individual speakers. Content presented is for informational purposes only, and we do not provide any medical or legal advice.